Welcome to the Real Pill Podcast. This is your host and also staff writer for your entertainment corner, Kelsey Loisel. Hi, and, Kelsey. And with me today is someone else. Uh, That's ma- not Kelsey. <laughs> uh, managing editor and writer at ScreenGig.net, Mark Salcedo. Mark Salcedo? <laughs> Look, we've already established that I'm part cow. <laughs> So you're the purple cow in the uh, Experian commercials with John Cena? Uh, wait, what? <laughs> what is, wait, what? What is that? John Cena does Experian commercials with the purple cow. What's Experian? A credit reporting bureau. Oh, shit. Like, and there's a purple cow for their mascot? Yeah. <laughs> Now you kind of want to see it. <sighs> I, I I should I should check it out before they go out of business because that's not gonna. That, I don't think that's gonna stick. They're not gonna go out of business. It's like ex- okay, there's Experian. Uh, and, and you said that's a credit business, right? One of the three credit reporting bureaus. Uh, okay. But you can also pay them to like, you know. You can get like reports and stuff. When I think of credit reports, I don't think of fucking. John Cena and a fucking purple cow. I'm like, just get my fucking credit report, see if I can get this car or not. <laughs> um, yeah, but you know what? Hmm. How does it feel to be shot? That's what I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I've been shot at. I haven't been shot at. You've been stabbed. I've been, st- well, par- well, kind of stabbed. Close to stab. Close to stab? Close to stab, stab. I haven't been shot at. Oh, yeah, you, I've been on a firing range. Yeah, yeah. You've been in the military, but you haven't like you've never seen like combat and shit. Nah. Yeah. So you know what? That means I see more combat than you. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I think probably like sixty percent of the United States has. <laughs> you know, because we got you know black people and Latino people and all these people that are not white. Uh huh. That fucking deal with shit that white people don't have to deal with. So yeah, you know. Then we got we got ex ex uh, vice presidents fucking shooting people. Ex vice president shooting people. Uh, Dick Cheney uh, one time shot a man in the face with a shotgun. Oh, but they were like, "Oh, it was a hunting accident." Yeah, right. A, yeah, hunting accident. Everyone always says it's a hunting accident. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, with that being said, on mm. that cheery note, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the Real Appeal. Two E's and real. I almost said at therealappeal.com. <laughs> uh, you can email us at therealappeal at gmail dot com. Hiccup burp, sorry. Um, if you could review us on iTunes, then we will get noticed. And this week, we are going to do the news, our recent review of Cherry, our What the Fuck Did We Just Watch segment of, uh, we, we're going to talk about Justice League, which is Joss Whedon's uh, theatrical release. Mm-hmm. And our geriatric cinematic of The Deer Hunter, which came out in 1978. <laughs> What's the topic, Kelsey? Because you came up with this. I didn't come up with it. It's a, an a actual saying. Uh, okay. You say it because you say the topics. Okay. <laughs> Stress is desserts spelled backward. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was just so funny when you said that. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> That's a thing? Holy shit. <laughs> so, uh... Yes. What's going on in the news? Well, 
uh, what's been reported in the news is uh, HBO is planning a documentary on actor Paul Rubens with Josh and Benny. Uh, the Safety Brothers. Yeah, the right? Safety Brothers. Yeah, Safety Brothers producing um, co-production with HBO production with HBO documentary films and uh, Elora. Uh, the film will be produced by Uncut Gems directors uh, Safety Brothers. Um, their partner Sebastian Be- Bear McClard. <laughs> as well as Joker producer uh, Emma Tingler and Kos- Tillinger Tillinger Kosoff Koskoff uh, Koskoff thank you and Matt Wolf is directing um, I'm really stoked about this I, I love me some Paul Ruben, Ruben. Mm-hmm. Um, from what I read this is going to be like a two part documentary uh, it's going to cover uh, let me see. It said the sources say that the documentary is supposed to focus not only on Herman's uh, years, but also includes Paul Rubin's uh, post Pee Wee decades when he put on the bow tie away. Sorry, we put the bow tie away to focus on acting in a project including uh, Mystery Man, uh, Buffy Vampire Slayer, Blow, Opposite Johnny Depp. Um, I've seen like in 2010, I think it was, or maybe 2009. Um, Pee Wee Herman came out of retirement, or Paul Roman brought the Pee Wee Herman character out of retirement and mm. did like this tour of like uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse, and mm. I remember checking it out. And it was like fucking a blast. Mm. Um, we saw him at the t- the Blacklist Table. Oh too. yeah, that's right. Yeah, when he like played Charlie Chaplin. Yeah, that was just good. Yeah, yeah. Paul Rubin, like a lot of people know Paul Rubin as Pee Wee Herman, but mm. that dude is fucking hilarious without Pee Wee Herman, like. Because he's like so deadpan with his comedy. Mm. Um, I I I I know that I know they're gonna cover like that big scandal he went through, like in the nineties. The one isn't it like I don't really remember, but my mom I think swears he's like a pedophile or something. No, the the what happened was that he was in a movie theater. He was in a porno theater. Oh okay. And uh, I guess there was uh, police coming in or something. And they caught him like jerking off in the theater, and that was like the huge scandal. You know, and nowadays, everyone's like, "Who cares?" I know. Now nowadays, we got like you know former presidents say like you know grab him by I, the but, pussy. Yeah, grab him by the pussy. Yeah, but back then, of course, this is like when P- I think Pee Playhouse was. I think it, it might have been still on at the time. So, and this was like a oh, kids show. Why, yeah. yeah, this is a kids show. So, of course, it's like holy shit. And that helped to like kill his career, but it makes me think of Krusty the Clown. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, um, yeah, no word. Uh, Ruben did say, okay, so here's here's what Ruben said. He says, "I've been working with HBO since they were they were called HBO uh, Home Box Office. Um, I'm honored and excited to continue my long history there. I love HBO, but I'm not going to marry them." Um, that was a dad joke. That was a good one. No, it wasn't. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then I, in, in 2016, like there was another Pee Wee Herman movie that came out, that like Netflix produced. Mm-hmm. I remember thoroughly enjoying it, but I was like drunk. <laughs> I remember yesterday when we were talking about Pee Wee Herman, and you're like, uh, you never saw Pee Wee Herman's whatever big top of adventure, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I thought I saw him in something where he was riding a bike somewhere. He was always like riding a bike. Mm-hmm. And you're like, no, he's never really done that. No, no, no. You said like he was. And then I'm like, a- yeah, but he was always wearing like he was always wearing like a blue shirt and like jeans. And you're like, oh, you're talking about this guy? Well, I remember because you remember you said something like, oh, he rode a, he. 
you, okay so yeah peewee's big adventure he does ride a bike but you're like he rides the bike at night and i was like i don't think there's a scene where he like rides the bike at night like he yeah rides it was the nighttime but yeah. it was funny because you actually told said oh yeah you're talking about this movie i don't even remember what movie that was now no <laughs> it, was, it would be funnier if you if you remembered riding a bike he's wearing jeans yeah and a blue shirt he almost looks like a oh <laughs> fucking Ernest. yeah <laughs> fucking Ernest film. <laughs> That's right, exactly. I think that was probably like uh probably like Ernest Scared Stupid. I think Ernest goes in. No, I'll say Ernest Scared Stupid. I think that might have been it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny that I have to like go in my Rolodex and be like, which Ernest movie was that? Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so mm. should I go on the the next Yeah, yeah. Okay. What, what's up in the in the docket? Poker face. Ryan Johnson's gonna do a tv series and it's a mystery show and it stars my favorite person in the world natasha leone i'm so excited about that yeah what was that show that that russian doll yeah yeah i remember we were like crazy i know about and, that and they were gonna make another um season of it they're still working on another season are they because mm-hmm. i thought they canceled it because they're canceling a bunch of shit no 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 that was i think that was um it was a wrestling show they canceled that they were Glow. working. Glow. But there were a few shows that they canceled. Yeah, yeah. No, they're still doing like a Russian doll season too. Okay, good. So yeah, um, but I guess it's going to be on Peacock. Mm-hmm. So it's a 10 episode commitment. Um, and I guess there was a press release and uh, Ryan Johnson said the show was a case of the week mystery goodness. Mm. Um, it's going to be an hour long mystery series with Leon as the lead. And... Um, Ryan Johnson will create, write, and direct the entire series, and they are both going to be executive producers on the show. Okay, so what I've heard about this is during uh, during the pandemic, uh, Ryan Johnson, because I because I follow him on Twitter, and he's like he's a huge huge Columbo fan. Um, he said like Columbo was like the influence for uh, Knives Out, um, and the fact that it's like a case of the week mystery. It might be like a Columbo S like TV show, which yeah. make which makes sense. Crickets. Crickets, really? Mm. You, you never watched Columbo, did you? That was not one of the shows that like your mom made you watch or anything. No, I watched Bonanza. Mm-hmm. Um, I like I th- the High Noon Chaparral or some shit. So like a lot the of Western Big Valley. Shit. A lot of West Western shit. Oh, and then of course there's all the soap operas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, passions. I. <laughs> Uh, passions I, I remember i remember when passions came out because everybody was fucking talking about passions i was like what the fuck is this garbage i remember when they went to direct tv and then nothing came of it <laughs> <laughs> uh, i remember I, I used to watch columbo when i was a kid my mom she she would watch that uh perry mason ironside and like uh matlock so in my head you were naming those off and i'm like no 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 and no well, Perry Mason, you are familiar with. Because of the new one. Yeah, because the new one. Yeah, yeah. But not the old one. <laughs> nope. <laughs> um, I'm a Ryan Johnson fan, so I'm looking forward to this. I wasn't, I remember we weren't like a huge fan of Knives Out. We like enjoyed it, but we were like, you know, it's not as great yeah. as it as it, we All thought it I could be. All I remember is, uh, what's his name? Sounded like Foghorn Leghorn to me. Oh, da- Daniel. Uh, Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say, I'll say you kill somebody. <laughs> So what's uh what's next? Uh okay, so the Os- Oscars uh 
the non- the nominations came out for the Oscars 2021. Um, so we're going to kind of just like read off the list of what's been nominated. Uh, Best Picture, The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, uh, Minari, Minari, No Man Land, uh, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, Trial, Chicago 7. I know two of these we have not seen. Yeah, we haven't seen The Father or Minari. Yeah, I heard Minari is fucking excellent. Really? Yeah, and I really want to see it because uh, Stephen Yeun got nominated for an Oscar and I I, I really enjoy watching Stephen Ewan in anything. Mm-hmm. Um, best director, uh, Thomas uh, Vernberg. Vinterberg. Yeah, Vinterberg for another round. That was a good movie. David Fincher, Lee Isaac Chung, uh, Chloe Zhao, and Emerald. Emerald Fennell. Emerald Fennell. <sighs> These are all great choices to take mm-hmm. to for best director. But like I said, I have, we haven't seen Minari, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a great film. Um Damn, Mank. That's the thing. Like, I like, I really did like Mank, but I also really liked Another Round. I already forgot Another Round. That's the that's the drinking one with uh, Matt oh, Mikkelsen. Yeah, yeah. I rem- oh, now I you think remember. Another Round actually fucking beats out Mank. What do you think? Because it's easier to follow. This, well, what do you think about Promising Young Woman? Because I, because um, I remember you were like in love with Promising Young Woman. I was, but it was more. I. I do like that one. Mm-hmm. But again, it's a case of who did it better. No, it's a case of it's female led about female, the female plight, basically. Mm -hmm. And it's like not I don't think it's as uh, relatable as Mm, like it is relatable to me. But most people don't give a shit about that type of thing as much as white people don't give a shit about black films. Yeah, that's that's true. Um, uh, So, yeah. Best Actor in the Lead, uh, Riz Ahmed, uh, Chavez Bozeman, Anthony Hopkins, Gary Oldman, and Stephen Yeun. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Riz Ahmed won. I would be surprised if he won. Oh, really? Not because he doesn't deserve it. Yeah, who do you got? I think they're going to give Chadwick Bozeman the posthumous one. Because, really? Because they're like, oh, he was good in this. Hmm. It'll be his last fucking award. I can see that. I can definitely see that. I, I don't see them doing Gary Oldman because they already gave him like an Oscar like two years ago. I'm not saying like they won't do it again, but like, I don't know. Something about it is it's not sticking. And we haven't seen Steven Yeun, so. Yeah. And that. Or Anthony Hopkins. Uh, Best Actress, um, Viola Davis, uh, Andre Day, Vanessa Kirby, Pieces of a Woman. I did not watch that. Uh, Francis McDormand and No Man Land and Carrie Mulligan. I honestly think Viola Davis is going to win. Yeah, I haven't seen the United States versus Billie Holiday, but I haven't I haven't heard a whole lot of good things about it. I I don't know. I saw some things, but I feel like she does that song that you absolutely hate. Oh, the Billie Holiday song? No. Which? Andrew Day. She's actually a singer. What's, the, goes, what's the song? And we'll rise up. Da, 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 uh, da, da, da. All right. <laughs> all right. Do um, you have any picks for that one? I honestly think Viola Davis should win it, mm-hmm. but I'm not holding out hope that that she's going to just because it always tends to go weird when, especially when it's like really cultural. Yeah, yeah. I, I know she, I think Viola Davis won for best supporting for the help. I could be wrong. Something tells me, some, something tells me that Frances McDormand's going to get that mm-hmm. award. I'm That's just what like, I think too. All right. Like, yeah. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Her performance was great. I'm just like, yo, give it to Viola Davis. That woman Because that's like actual acting. Like, I don't know. I felt like Frances McDormand was more of like, I'm just going to go through my daily trials. Yeah. Uh, Best actor, Sasha Baron Cohen. (laughs) Best supporting 
role. This is so ridiculous. Okay. Sasha Baron Cohen, uh, Daniel Collier, uh, Les- Leslie Oldman Jr., Paul Oldham Jr., Paul Ritchie, and Lakeith Stanfield. So this is this is getting a lot of contrary because this is so stupid. Daniel Coulier and Lakeith Stanfield are both nominated for the exact same movie for Best Supporting Role. So you're like saying, so there was no lead in that movie whatsoever? Mm-hmm. That's, that's, like some, that's some serious bullshit. But the argument I saw was mm-hmm. that they couldn't make a strong enough case for a lead. Really? That they would probably, in order to win any mm-hmm. award whatsoever, mm-hmm. they threw them both in there because they have a better chance of winning something. Mm, I think Dan Coulier should have been up there in, in, in the lead for a lead role. That was, I mean. <sighs> I think he was good, mm. but honestly, if you're going to give it to, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. Which one was the lead? Because mm. people were saying that Lakeith Stanfield was more, mm. it was more focused on his character. I gotcha. I gotcha. Um, and I don't think they want to give that to him because of the character <laughs> he was portraying. Here's an award for being an asshole. I know, being a bastard asshole. <laughs> <laughs> um, any picks for that for this one? Um, I would probably go with Sasha Baron Cohen. Sasha Baron Cohen. Mm-hmm. I would actually. I okay. I'm not okay. I would be surprised, but I'd be thrilled if Paul Ritchie uh, won for Sound of Metal because mm-hmm. like his performance was so fucking great and like i had a conversation with that guy and i was just like yo dude you're giving so much heart into this role yeah i, I would love to see him get it too yeah uh best actress supporter role uh maria bakalova bakalova glenn close olivia coleman uh amanda sitfri and yoon jong yoon oh sorry you you jong yoon yeah jong yoon yeah um i'm hearing a lot of talk that maria uh Baka, bakalova She's already kind of like a shoe-in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she was pretty good. She was, because she was a standout of that whole movie, that uh, Borat movie. Mm-hmm. She was like a standout. And I remember people were just like, who's this actress? Where'd she come from? Mm-hmm. Like, why, she, you know? And I read an article that she was on the set of, I think like of a Spielberg film. And like, she got the news and she was like panicking and freaking out because she was like, holy shit. Yeah. That's cool. Um. Any picks you got? Um, I don't know. I, I didn't see Hillbill Elegy or The Father. Mm. I like Maria Bakalova. Okay. I think Amanda Seyfried, she just kind of, she's good, but she always plays at like the same level. Yeah. Yeah, I can see like, that. Like she was like in another play on screen again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I just had another thought. Um, I don't think Glenn Close has ever won an Oscar. Even though she's been nominated like so many times, mm-hmm. I think it's gonna be funny. Watch they give it to her for a role that <laughs> nobody fucking talked about. <laughs> uh, best adapted screenplay, uh, Borat. Uh, subsequent movie film, uh, The Father, Nomadland, One Night in Miami, and The White Tiger. I think you'd probably like to see One Night in Miami get it. I don't know. Um, I actually want to check out White The White Tiger. Because I've heard nothing but great things about it. And I really need to check it out because the story is really interesting. I haven't heard anything about it at all. I don't even know. Ex- I didn't even know it existed. It's it's on Netflix. It's produced by Ava DuVernay. It's mm. about. Oh, it's, okay. It's like a coming, uh, not coming of age story, but a guy coming up in the ranks. Uh, he like starts, because it's like, it's based in like India. And he's like this driver who like 
eventually owns his own business but like the shit he had to do to get there oh. and like i've seen the trailers it looks really fucking good and really intense but i just like i haven't sat down and watched it of the films that i've seen i think nomadland should get that one for best adapted yeah that'd be pretty dope uh, uh chloe Zhao one i wouldn't mind that at all yeah uh in the original screenplay uh jews and the black messiah minari promising young woman sound of meadow and the trial of chicago seven i don't need trial of chicago seven to win no nope. i don't need that to win um hmm. for me it's a toss-up between promising young woman and sound of metal just because i have, haven't seen minari yeah and yeah. judas and the black messiah had its issues yeah it yeah I'll, I'll it was a that. good film but it had it did have some problems yeah it has some issues and um let me see <sighs> oh let me see we went through the actors what do we have for Okay, Chadwick Boseman. Okay, if anything, if Chadwick Boseman doesn't win for Best Actor, Best Lead, Riz is probably going to get it. Mm-hmm. Um, that'd be pretty dope because I think he'd be considered like the first Asian to uh, win an Oscar. Mm. Um, for what's funny? I don't know. You said Riz Ahmed and it made me think of Riza and how you thought it was hilarious. He was on that The Food That Built America show on history. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, Riz. <laughs> Diversify your bonds, homie. Um, I know that wasn't Riza. Uh, no, that was Riza. It was Riza. Yeah. Uh, no, no, that's at that line. That's like from the Chappelle show. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Um, I thought you meant I, that probably wasn't Riza no, on no, that no. show. <laughs> yeah, definitely Riza. <laughs> um, original screenplay. Um, like I said, I haven't seen Minari. Um, but as of now, I'm kind of going for. Kinda, I'm kind of going for Sound of Metal. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Promise a Young Woman was very good, but I think. I think the direction, the acting was really good, but like the script, it wasn't like perfected. I thought it was just really good and really clever. Um, but I thought it was perfected because of the twist in the middle where it totally didn't go where you expected it to. Well, Promising Young Woman? Mm-hmm. And, and that's the thing. I, and not to, sh- not, not to shit on the movie, I think that was, that was the, um, that was the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, not the niche, but when you have something, um, I, the words escape me right now, but I think that was the one thing that just like really made that made the script good. But I think if they took that out, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have made the script perfect. It, it would just be like, oh, here's just another de- good decent film. Oh, gotcha. Um, gimmick. Okay, not, not not to degrade it. That's the word I'm looking for. Gimmick. But like not to degrade it. But I think if the the gimmick of a twist wasn't there, it would just been like that's a good film. But it's not. Oh, that's a good script, but not a perfect script. Gotcha. Um, where I think like Sound of Metal, it's like through and through it's just like great fucking story and like fucking point there's like no twists it's all heart yeah 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 um but you know monari might be monari might be better haven't watched it yet yeah um this is the one year i'm really glad that these are the nominations because we've seen pretty much all these movies (laughs) except for like two (laughs) when are the oscars um I don't know. I think in April. Okay. We got time to watch the last two. Yeah. Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, we got that huge truck of movies we got to watch this week. I know. Um, Okay. Is that it? Yeah. All right. What do we got now? We're going to do our recent review of Cherry. I'm 23 years old, and sometimes I wonder if life was wasted on me. Take all the beautiful things to heart till I about die from it. If I could save time in a bottle, the first thing. 
Hey, I'm really happy you're here. Why is that? Because I like you. But there never seems to be enough time to do. You're it for me. I feel the same way. I joined the army. Why would you do that? Sometimes I feel like I've already seen everything that's gonna happen. And it's a nightmare. My one true accomplishment was not dying. I have this noise in my head. It'll stop. One day it'll go quiet. I don't imagine that anyone goes in for a robbery if they're not in some kind of desperation. I've been at this a while now, and it's no secret what my face looks like. Get on the ground! The one thing about robbing banks is you're mostly robbing women, so the last thing you want to be is rude. Ma'am, it's nothing personal. Synopsis is an army medic suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder becomes a serial bank robber after an addiction to drugs puts him in debt. Directed by Anthony and Joe Russo. Written by Angela Russo Otsta and Jessica Goldberg. And it's based on the novel by Nico Walker. It stars Tom Holland, Sierra Bravo, Jack Rayner, Jeff Wahlberg, Forrest Goodluck, and Michael Gandolfini. Mm-hmm. And according to Mark, if you don't recognize the name Gandolfini, that is the real-life son of... Oh, James Gandolfini. Yeah. Yeah. Um... All right, so what's 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 your opinion on this on this film? <sighs> <laughs> that hard side is not a good sign. It has some real life issues mm-hmm. that are totally fucking relevant, mm-hmm. and they did it in a very cheapened kind of way. Mm-hmm. And it's not because of the actors; mm-hmm. it's how it was. I want to say directed. Which is sad for me because I like the Russo brothers. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, it's just one of those things where not everything you do can be a hit, I guess. Yeah, like, Tom Holland is acting his ass off in this movie. Like, he's going for it in this one. Didn't um, they say something about he maybe he suffers from that, you know, syndrome or whatever where you, you play like a child star or he, like a child character or whatever? Like, he's Spider-Man and it's hard to see him... He still looks like a fucking teenager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um Yeah, he's he's kind of got that what I like to call that that Daniel Rad- Radcliffe syndrome where yeah. like people have only seen him as like a kid or a high school student mm-hmm. and like that's the first thing you see like whenever you see um Tom Holland. Uh so He's kind of like he this is my this is my take. He's going to be doing these roles to like really break away from like uh, the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, so mm-hmm. he might get like more and more intense or more and more serious roles. The same as Zendaya, like she was doing the same thing. Like, yeah, she was a uh, Disney. Oh yeah, but see that's the thing. Like I never knew Zendaya. But that's because like, you're as, not as, a Disney. huge Disney fan either. Nope. I was always Nickelodeon all the way. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll agree with you with the direction. It's like it's so funny because like this movie had a potential to like really say something about like PTSD and like war and how like going to military is like a lot. What And I'm not the only one to say this is a really stupid idea and how you can get like fucked up after mm-hmm. like from the shit you've seen. But like, yeah, it's and che- how people fall through the cracks afterwards. Yeah. And, and like Kelsey said, it like, it's cheapened by like this really like unnecessary, like directing, like with these like 
angles and like these weird shots and these cutaways and shit like that. I really just feel like they wanted you to ride the wave with the characters, but they Mm. didn't do it in a way that meant anything. Like if you think about Nomadland, Mm. that film felt like you went on a journey with that character. Yeah, yeah. But you don't get that with this film. You don't feel like you went on a journey with them. You Mm. felt like you were hanging out with a clown. Yeah. Like in in certain scenes. Yeah, or you're kind of like hanging out with like like a drug drug addict during like one of his ramblings or some shit like that. Yeah. (laughs) Just made me think of Saturday. (laughs) This past Saturday? Yeah. Oh, because the drug addict, the the crack addict? All of the addicts (laughs) were out before noon. (laughs) Um, So... Um, in terms of performance, yeah, Tom Holland did really well. Um, Sierra Bravo. I have an issue with her. What, what's what's the issue? I felt like she was chosen because she looked 2000s. She was very yeah. frail looking in the beginning. Uh, and it only got worse. Uh-huh. Um, she had really, really big eyes. And mm. like, she didn't act. Like... Mm. It's almost like we're watching Kristen Stewart in something. Yeah. Like, there was no... I didn't really get a whole lot of performance from her. It was just her Mm -hmm. just, like... I don't know if she was supposed to play, like, the straight man to Tom Holland's, like, emotional character or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it just wasn't working. Yeah, it was, like, weird. Like, they were doing this thing where, like, she was... Like, she was this girl... I'm sorry, she was this woman who, like... Was keeping Tom Holland at what arm's length? That's the term. Yeah. Right? Was keeping at arm's length, but like at the same time, like I didn't care about her. Like why she was doing that. Like I kind of wish they went more into her backstory of like why she was like this. Mm-hmm. Um, or give her some actual emotion, like yeah, other than like yelling, <laughs> at, or, or at, like being annoyed because I'm a teenager and I'm fucking annoyed. Yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of funny how you say that. Uh, uh, she has like that very 2000 look and this is like the movie like this is not a spoiler at all but it takes place in like 2002 mm-hmm. but she did have that look but like the movie and and you had pointed this uh out when we were watching the movie that like it looks like it was made for like early 2000 yeah like if this came out during that time where like jarhead came out with the uh what's his name Jake Gyllenhaal? Yeah, with Jake Gyllenhaal. This movie would have been, like, perfect. This mm-hmm. would have been a movie that everybody would have watched. Be like, yeah, that movie was crazy, man. This And then, like, quoting lines. Mm. But it feels like this was, like, a method that was just, like, done so long ago that it, it doesn't it doesn't work, especially now. Mm-hmm. Um, the story does, like, given, like, the topic and stuff. It's, I mean, you can put this in, like, in any um, era after, like, World War II. Yeah, and it, it's funny too because I thought I felt like we were kind of um, what's the word connecting with the film mm-hmm. at different times, like yeah, not at the same time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because we both have different experiences before we met. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like uh, it's like this movie. <laughs> like I'm living, I'm living Tom Hall now totally living his life but like i'm living tom holland's life at the end of this movie like near the end like in the second act into the third act and you're living his life in like first and somewhat in at the beginning of the second act mm-hmm. yeah um <laughs> uh there was there oh there's a baby crying i know this is a neighbor <laughs> crying <laughs> um 
I will I will admit that like their depiction of like the shit he saw overseas mm-hmm. that I thought I thought that was actually pretty good. Like I'm glad like they didn't I felt like they didn't really hold back on that stuff. Um I kind of agree, but also kind of like mm. the, the for for sure the whole how like he gets along with the other people and how other people are when they're in the military. Mhm. Um, and how like bro dogish it can be. Mm. Yes. Yeah. I don't know about the like seeing shit happen. Mm. Like you see stuff in the news. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really look to me the way it did in the news. I don't oh, know. Okay. I don't know. It didn't seem genuine to me. Like there's something like I don't know. Yeah, I'm. I'm not saying like it's genuine. Like oh, it's hard hitting. Like the Russo brothers like saw some shit. Like don't get me wrong. The way how the Russo brothers did this. You can tell they're like, oh, we just saw like a bunch of videos and like people's testimony was just like, all right, we got it from there. <laughs> yeah. You know, like a bunch of new quick news clips and shit. Yeah, yeah, we didn't go overseas, you know, with like some kind of media pass or anything yeah. to like look. <laughs> yeah, that's not to say like they have to, but it, it felt like they kind of like half ass. Uh, it kind of felt like they kind of half ass the research to get like the look and the feel of of the movie. Like Hitler reading those fucking books. Oh, I wouldn't say that, but like, I know why you brought that in. I know. She's like, you're equating the Russo brothers to Hitler. Like, fuck. No. No, no, she's joking around. Um, Just real quick, we we listened to a podcast and it was an episode about Hitler and how he was a huge fan of like Westerns. Yeah, Western writer at that time. Well, Westerns in general, but then he got onto these books that this guy had written from like the 1800s in Germany. He'd never been to Uh, um, the United States, but he was writing about how, you know, people were like not dying from bears and all kinds of stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And this is how Hitler thought the United States was. And he was like, he would, if people were not winning the war... He would buy all of his officers, like he bought like three hundred thousand copies of this book. Oh yeah, yeah. To give to them, like you're not doing good enough. Look what this guy's doing. Yeah, and it's not like <laughs> this is like off topic, but this, I mean, it's not like he was a fan. He was like fanboying like, yes. over this guy. Like if like if the dude was uh like if Harry, if Harry, if Hitler picked up like the Twilight novels, it was like this is great. This is life. You know? <laughs> so yeah. Anyways, the name of that podcast is Behind the Bastards. That's a great podcast. Yeah. Um, okay, is there anything else you want to talk about before we get into the spoiler section? No. Uh, okay, so uh, here's the part where we get to the spoiler section. For those uh, who have seen the movie, we're going to jump in and talk about the movie in um, greater detail. And uh, for those who have not seen um, Cherry, uh, here's your spoiler bumper right about now. um so my things about this film Mm -hmm. are the use of color Mm -hmm. was like unnecessarily dark yeah and a lot of the scenes they would use color Mm. like to tell the story sometimes but doesn't really work Mm. because of how dark it was i don't know it was like (sighs) they wanted to be artsy or some shit yeah, yeah. This, this the way early two thousands films wanted to be artsy. Yeah, that's what it looked like. Like this was like an artsy, like high budget film, which 
you can tell it it seemed too i mean this this is kind of an oxymoron but it seemed too fake like they were like the Russo brothers were trying too hard to tell this very slow moving story mm-hmm. and they they didn't like think they didn't like just let the camera sit you know they cuz the Russo brothers you know they they directed like the avengers um uh infinity war endgame and like they they're known for kind of like action so them doing this was kind of weird because this didn't require a whole lot of action. It required like a lot of this story to be told. Mm. And it seemed like they just didn't like, they just didn't go like, hey, we should just probably like, like, like let's not go to those old tricks. Let's try to have like something new. I do kind of wonder what made them want to write a story like this or like. Oh, produce a story like that? Yeah. Because once you get into the whole drug use parts where mm-hmm. it's like real bad. Yeah. And it just seems like they're like constantly sticking themselves with needles and shit. And it's like if you're like at the circus all uh-huh. of a sudden and like you hear like, you know, like it's like real. It's like um, what's the word? It's like, I don't know what's the word. I don't know what the word is either. Um, It's almost comedic in a way. The movie? Yeah, not the movie, but the like the parts where they're like going really fucking crazy and yeah. they're like really drugged out and like yeah they're looking like they're fucking fiending and stuff it didn't seem genuine to me no I, yeah i get what you're saying I, well, I like and yeah. i've never seen like other than people walking around san bernardino like yeah someone who's been high out of their mind like that but yeah. like that didn't seem like that was true like it didn't feel true to me. Oh, what, what we saw in Cherry, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I like get, I know there are probably some aspects of it that you're like, oh yeah, I know about that. I know about that. But like, yeah, even yeah, even like when I because I you know given my past and everything, I've dealt with people like this, um, and even like this movie was like, all right, that's kind of like an over exaggeration. Like yeah. if, you're, if you're trying to tell like a serious story, you're kind of over exaggerating it. You're you're taking away from what you're the message you're trying to uh, to share. Exactly. Um, there's this one part. <laughs> there was a one part that I I I know why they did this because they thought they probably thought it'd be funny, but like in some cases it can be funny, but in this case it shouldn't have, it shouldn't have been used for comedy purposes. But there's a part where like uh, Tom Holland is like passed out on the couch and uh, and um, uh, Sierra Bravo like comes in and she's like, I had to cancel my fucking class because I shit my pants right, and she like threw a bag at him, mm-hmm. a Ziploc bag of like her dirty drawers right, and that's like a real thing like when you're a heroin addict like when you're when you're sobering up like because it makes you constipate it your bowels just like loosen to start loosening right mm-hmm. and that could have and I'm saying that should have been done like super serious like we should have like a moment of like that, that of that reflection or anything mm-hmm. but like the way how they used it was like oh this is funny because he had dirty underwear thrown in his face it's just like I don't well, no, think man. they meant that to be funny I think they meant it as look we know shit <laughs> literally <laughs> <laughs> but because they brought it back she was in the fucking shower and she's screaming at him about you know, did you find any more drugs or? Oh, money she's like more? shitting. And she's like, shitting in the shower, yeah. like, and it won't stop. Yeah, see, like the way how they shot that, I I took it as funny. That as that if, one was funny, but yeah. like also, I just felt like they used the shit thing twice, yeah. and it was like, look, see, we know stuff, we yeah, know yeah, how I'll it is. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, like the overuse of like 
camera angles and like or like you know cuts. even one of them had like woke up with a needle stuck in their arm like mm-hmm. i know that can happen yeah i'm sure it doesn't happen like super commonly all the time yeah that's true i mean yeah like, i mean I not feel as like, common but yeah it, yeah i'm sure it happens but that's what i'm saying like they were just doing shit uh-huh. to make people think like look this is something that i know happens because mm-hmm. i'm cool and hip and i've been around druggies or some shit okay so i'll ask you this because we're because we've been kind of focusing on the directing in terms of the writing mm-hmm. do you think this movie would have been done better if if it was a, a different director yeah okay all right all right David Fincher. Uh, it needed some pace. Yeah. I can see that, but I think David Fincher would have like sped up the fucking... Well, <laughs> it, it needed to be sped up a bit. Mm. Plus, he's a little hard hitting when he needs to be, mm-hmm. but he knows when to pull back. This actually, if anything, this movie reminds me of like a lesser version of Darren Ariosky's uh, Requiem for a Dream, which which like the entire movie is about heroin, like mm-hmm. Jared Leto, Jennifer Connelly and, and Marlon Wayans. And they're like heroin addicts and everything. Mm-hmm. That is a fucked up depiction of like heroin and shit like that. Right. And they, there's no, there's no military in it, but like, I feel like the Russo brothers or, um, uh, Angela Russo, how do you say that? Otto and Jessica Goldberg. I feel like they might've watched that movie and was like, we can do that too. Mm. Um, and I'm not, I'm not shitting on the writing, but the writing for it is just not that good. Yeah. Um, I mean, like I said, you know, you know how it is in Hollywood is like you can have a really good script and a shitty director, or you can have a shitty director and a really good script, and you don't know whose fuck up it is. Yeah, and who exactly is the fuck up? Yeah, exactly. And sometimes they're both good, but the studio fucks it up. Yeah, but this is the Russo brothers, so I think like I think especially after making Endgame, they're like, we can do what the fuck we want. We're the, yeah. we're the Russo brothers, you know all that shit. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but like, so so back so so let's talk about the uh what's it called like the the military portion. Okay, no, now I remember. Um, the stuff that you said that I connected with and stuff that you connected with. Uh-huh. Okay, so you connected you connected more with like oh, hit the mic again <laughs> you connected with the first act and then some of the second act because it's like military base right mm-hmm. like how he leads up to that but it's funny though because they were pointing they were doing some stuff i'm like that's not real that doesn't happen what, like, what parts were that the, the when the recruiter was like kind of grilling him about oh, why yeah. he wants to be in the military and like i don't mm-hmm. know he called him a name or something joker joker like yeah. They do call you Joker, but they don't do it right from the outset like that because they got to hit a quota. So they got to be a little more personable and like, Mm. I don't know. I went through like four or five different fucking recruiters and one of them was Mennonite. Mennonite? Yeah. What's that? It's like in between Amish and regular people. He's in the military? It was a female. And she was in the military? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. Um... Yeah, I think they put her on that post because she broke her leg or something. Oh, okay, I gotcha. But yeah. Um, yeah, there was even a couple parts uh, with like the military recruit scenes and shit mm-hmm. that even I was like, yeah, that didn't, that doesn't happen that way. Like, because, mm-hmm. I mean, for folks who don't know, like, I almost went to the Marines and this is during like the fucking Iraq war. Mm-hmm. Um, I got as far as like being sworn in before I went 
you know what? I'm going to change my mind. This is not, yeah. my, this is not for <laughs> me. But I do. I went through the process of like talking to the recruiter and like getting my stats and then being questioned and grilled well, about my history. Well, even like and MEPS and everything. Like that's yeah. when they do your medical like checkups yeah. and stuff. And they kind of do your processing. Yeah. Like j- before you actually get sworn in. Yeah. And like it was like he was at MEPS. Mm-hmm. And then he was shipping out, like, and that doesn't fucking happen. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. I, I think, see, I, I, I kind of want to give the Russos the benefit of a doubt with that because I know he says like, oh, the next day I was like sworn in. I feel like maybe like the Russos weren't trying to literally say it was a day. Like, you know, the next day he was shipped out or whatever. But more like the next thing you know. Yeah, yeah, like it happened so fast. However, 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 I won't give him too much credit because the way how the film was directed. Yeah. <laughs> because they could have literally. I mean, he could have that. been sworn in the next day. Sometimes people were like on a faster track or something, but not like I'm going to MEPS and then I'm gone. Like, yeah, yeah. That, I don't really think that really happens. And I went in 2005 and that shit didn't happen. Mm, mm, mm. Um, so, uh, so, oh yeah, okay. So the part that and that and that the military part is the part you more related to, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. So the part I more related to was like the drug addict. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Oh, yeah, not not to say that like I've like shot up heroin. That's like the that's like three drugs. That's like that's like number three of drugs I haven't done, um, or ever will do because I'm drug free. Not doing drugs anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um. But I've, I've hung around with heroin addicts and then kind of like have been involved with like what's the going ons with that. So some of that was like, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, I've seen that. That's familiar. But other times it's like, all right, clearly y'all don't really know shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's like they're posers. It's like they're white people saying, yeah, I know about black culture. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I hang around black people, so I, I, I can write a black movie. I know. I know about heroin culture. <laughs> I, I I do that. I've seen enough movies with heroin in no, it. No, I've met a couple of people. <laughs> <laughs> Who just didn't seem right, yeah. but you know. Um, so, I, I think, like, it's funny because, like, this movie is, like, I think this movie is, like, two and a half hours long. Mm. And it was, like, kind of a, like, a real drag to get through it. Mm-hmm. Um, where... You know, like you said, we're doing Deer Hunter to, uh, for this episode, and that was like a little over three hours. And Kelsey and I just kind of give you guys a heads up. Kelsey and I were like fully engaged in that story. Yeah. And they kind of covered like the same thing, less about uh, drugs, um, but more on PTSD in the military and stuff like that. Uh, where this one, where Cherry, it's just kind of like, all right, what's he doing now? Oh, they got another fight. Is he trying to get more heroin? And like, uh, also. Because I'm kind of bouncing all over the place, he breaks the fourth wall a couple times, and it's so uncalled for. It's like a cheap gimmick, like yeah, like it's not. He does too much of the thing that bothers you, where he's narrating, yeah, and then he looks at the at the camera and says something, and then he's back in his story. Yeah, you're like you're. They're like over narrating. This movie, like, like it's not House of Cards, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not Kevin Spacey. <laughs> that been totally weird movie. It was totally weird seeing him like that. <laughs> <laughs> An eighteen-year-old boy going into the military. <laughs> uh, yeah, but they do a lot of fourth. Uh, I'm sorry, he doesn't do a. Uh, Tom Holland doesn't do a lot of fourth wall breaking. It's just in the beginning. Yeah, it's in the beginning and a couple other times, but like 
he narrates it and it kind of irritated me because I was just like, all right, dude, you got to pick one or the other. And then when they decided to do like the, the, uh, the voiceover narration, it was like overly done instead of like, let us watch these characters like suffer in silence. Mm -hmm. Let's see how they develop without you telling us what they're thinking. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, that's like one thing that's a huge issue with me with film when people do it incorrectly. Yes. I agree with that. Um, I feel like we've been shit on this movie for a while. Is there anything that you actually anything did like? Anything good about it? That you actually did like about it? I like some of the depictions of like how how things were mm. for Tom Holland, but his friends too, I think. Mm. Like he would hang out with people. It was definitely like a poor part of town. Yeah. Like, um, you could tell they just kind of hung out, did whatever. Like mm. it, that, that part seemed genuine to me. Mm. Um, I did like his friend, um, uh, Jimenez, uh, Jeff, Wal- uh, Wahlberg. Wahlberg, Wahlberg. I did like his character. The one with the car that broke down. No, no, no. That's, that's, uh, James Lightfoot. That's James Lightfoot. Um, no, no, no. That's the one. In, that's the one who blew, who got blown up. Oh. What? Was that him? Yeah. The fatty? No, no, no. Remember he was like, he kept, he kept fucking with his ring and you're like, they don't wear rings in the military. Oh, that's the other thing. They tell you, don't wear your fucking ring when you're out, <laughs> when you're in theater. Like, fucking put it on your dog tags. Uh. <laughs> well, I got blood in my ring and I can't wash it off. How are you going to, how are you going to get that emotional effect if you don't literally see him rolling his fingers? <laughs> uh, let me make sure I got the characters right. Yeah, Forrest... Forrest Goodluck is the is the friend who was off a bit. Jeff Wahlberg was the Jimenez character, the one who blew up, who got killed by the uh, the IUD. Mm. Is it IUD? No, IUD is uh, that thing that the women, Marina, you know. Yeah. So what? So what's what's IED? IED. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he got blown up by by, <laughs> by a form of birth control. <laughs> um, I did like that character. I did like the Jimenez character. Um, because when he when his character died, uh, that that did like hurt. Yeah, and, I, and that's something I know. That's something. His friend that's, was like like really kind of like happy go lucky and mm-hmm. like always trying to like take care of people. Like I don't know, he seemed like he just fucking loved everybody. Yeah, for I'm not gonna lie, I actually forgot that like they telegraph his death at the beginning when he's like about to be shipped out. He's with his girlfriend who's pregnant. Oh yeah. And like normally when you see something when you see something like that, you're like, all right, he's gonna die. Like that's 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 supposed to be the emotional punch. Yeah. Um so I it's see now now I think about it, this movie has actually more interesting side characters. Mm-hmm. Like um uh what's the homeboy's name? Uh like Michael Gandolfini's character, cousin Joe. Yeah, I, I, I his interest. I was interested in his, in his depiction of PTSD. Mm-hmm. Um, even fucking uh, the character James Lightfoot, mm-hmm. kind of interested in that character because they kind of gloss over his history of like his father dying, his mother dying, his brother dying, and how like that mentally fucked him up. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see what happened to that dude. Like what else? Like. That whole backstory with that character. Even Jack Rayner was kind of like, at first you kind of don't like him because uh-huh. he's just like every fucking, you know, like white drug boy, dealer, yeah. drug dealer, whatever. Yeah. And, but then you, like things start happening. You're like, oh, you're a little bitch. <laughs> and then how he dies, you're like, that's kind of funny. <laughs> that part was so stupid. Like there's that bank robbery. He like takes off. 
After and, getting on the other guy's shit for doing the same thing. Yeah, and then, like, come to find out he got shot. And I remember you and I are looking at each other, we're like... We're like, how did he get shot? Yeah. And then you hear Tom Holland narrating. Yeah. We never did find out why he got shot. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> so why'd you put it in there if you don't know how he got shot? I know, right? So we don't know either. That, I, you know what? I feel that that was a deleted scene that was cut because of pacing or something was off. Uh-huh. And they were just like, we'll just have Tom Holland say we just we never found out why he got shot. And it would be like, mystery. <sighs> and I, I, I get why they were trying to do that. They're, they're trying to be like, oh, that's just how life is. Uh-huh. Like, people get shot. But it's just like, no, why did that guy get shot? Like, <laughs> I don't, I'm not getting it. Um. Yeah, I remember. And the next thing you know, we'll be watching it, and one of us is shot, but we never saw what happened. <laughs> That's just life. Yeah, one of you life. got shot. I know. Bow, dead. <laughs> um, yeah, and I this I this movie got like just demolished by by critics when it first came out. Didn't Tom Holland say something about how he was trying to play like as another actor playing that type of role oh no that he was that was him talking about uh the uncharted movie oh where he was saying like oh i'll never act like that again or something like that gotcha yeah cherry i mean it's a he he just seemed lost the whole time yeah oh and what about that makeup at the end where he apparently he apparently aged like 14 years i know it was hilarious yeah i just like slapped that makeup on him like dude you're still like 17 (laughs) (laughs) you just got a little mustache now it's him and zendaya and fucking selena gomez oh always looking like children yes (laughs) you know that's what happens okay disney knows how to find all the people that don't age yeah you know what now now i remember it's like like paul uh, rudd (laughs) Uh, it's like, uh, what's his name? Like Mickey Rooney. Mickey Rooney was an old actor who had been acting since he was like eight. I think since like he was like a baby or like a toddler. And he acted for decades. But for years, you saw him and you're just like, that's a, that's either a young man or a kid. Why do I feel like he was like a, a journalist? Mickey Rooney? Yeah. That yeah. sounds like a journalist name. Nope. Uh, this where he used to do like 60 seconds or some shit. <sighs> that's uh let me see 60 seconds shit <laughs> i know i know i know why you get that mixed up um i can't find that guy's name <laughs> I, whatever whatever i just fuck it forget it <laughs> you'll tell me later i know right everyone uh, else probably already knows i know they're like they're, they're yelling at it they're, they, this this guy it's this guy <laughs> <laughs> it's like gonna be another case of fucking cars too and and uh iron man too oh because you're thinking of andy rooney oh yeah andy rooney <laughs> yeah you're thinking of andy Rooney, the reporter yeah 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 andy rooney uh american radio and television writer that's why you're thinking andy yeah because he used to be on 60 minutes yeah see all see? right all see? right all right all right that's about just this once <laughs> Um, and then they both end in E. Mickey and Andy. E. Are we done? Rooney. <laughs> Are we done? Yes. Thank God. Thank the maker. E. <laughs> All right, what we got now? And now we are going to do What the Fuck Did We Just Watch?
we are doing the thing that Mark has been torturing me for weeks to what get to. Justice League. Yes! We fucking watched Justice League, the Josh Whedon version. Excuse me. All right. That's because I was dancing too hard. Okay. So this movie, woo! I saw this movie twice. <laughs> Once, okay. Here's here's I because I always have to tell a story about like a certain film that came out because there's always a, I always think that's a funny story to it. Um, I was supposed to watch Justice League when it was hidden theaters and review it for Screen Geek, but mm. I came down with like a really bad cold, like I could not get out of bed. And I told my editor, I was just like, yo, dude, like, I I'm sorry, man. I'm like, I'm not going to be able to watch it. I'm really fucked up right now. So I'm sorry. He's like, eh, it's all right. You know. I remember. That's the sickest I've ever seen you, too. Yeah. And so, but what happened was like, I found a bootleg copy of this because I wanted to watch it, you uh-huh. know, and I, but I, I just couldn't leave, you know, I couldn't go to the theater. And I saw this bootleg copy and I was like, yeah, I don't need to watch this movie ever again. <laughs> Did you ever wonder, like, did I just hate it because I saw it not in theater? No, it was a shitty movie. (laughs) It was bad. And then the second time I watched it was for for this episode. (laughs) And I have to take that back. Not only is it a shitty movie, it's a boring fucking movie. Yeah, you're like, how do you have action in it? And I still don't care about it. Exactly. (laughs) And, like, you can, it's, you like, and my, when I, and I, I, when I saw it, like I said, it was a bootleg copy and it wasn't the the clearest quality, but I can still see like the subtle differences or not, they're not even so subtle to tell you the truth. The differences of like, this was Josh Whedon directed and this is what Zack Snyder directed, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's even more apparent when you watch this fucking movie now. Yeah, because you're like... That's a uh, regular Batman. That's fat Batman. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. We're just like, all right, Batman was, Bruce Wayne was just pale 30 seconds ago. Now he looked like he got suntan mm-hmm. or he's like sunburned or some yeah. shit like that. And the funny thing is like, everybody still looks like fit. Uh-huh. Like Jason Momoa still kept it up. Henry Cavill still kept it up. But as soon as, as soon as Josh Wayne was like, all right, no, as soon as Zack Snyder was like, all right, cut, we're done with the movie. Ben Affleck was like, all right, cool. Give me like 30 cheeseburgers. <laughs> And it sucks because I like jacked uh, Ben Affleck. He was jacked in, in BVS. In this one, there are parts you can tell he still looks fit as fuck. Yeah. But there are plenty of times you're just like, dude, I can see your gut. Or you look like you're wearing a fucking sumo suit and that Batman outfit. <laughs> At least he wasn't Lego Batman. I would have preferred Lego Batman. Really? <laughs> <laughs> um, Kelsey, what, what's, your, what's your take on this, on this, this version of Justice League? I couldn't get past the fact that Ezra Miller, Ezra oh Miller, <laughs> looks like Jimmy Fallon. You were like, he looks like Jimmy Fallon, and he looks like Ben Stiller and Zool. You say he looked like Ben Stiller no, and no, Zoolander. No, no. That was this afternoon when I saw oh. someone talking on CNN, okay, and okay. he sounded like Ben Stiller from Zoolander. Yeah, yeah. No, Ezra Miller looks like Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, I didn't think about that until you pointed. I was like, oh shit, I can't get it out now. <laughs> Um. So, what did you what did you think of the story? Like, as as far as this thing, what goes? story? Why did they have to bring back fucking Superman? Superman or fucking Lois Lane? Yeah, mostly. yeah. I remember our biggest complaints 
in our biggest complaint, or sorry, one of our biggest complaints in in BVS uh, was like, why is Lois Lane still in this movie? Like, there's no reason for her to mm-hmm. be in these certain. Oh, and, and Man is still. There's no reason for her to be in these scenario scenarios. In here, kind of the same thing as like, why she's still here. I know she's supposed to be like the emotional like weight of the movie. Yeah, well, she was supposed to jog Superman's memory. Yeah, yeah. And then you like never see her again. Yeah, like she comes back a couple of times and you're like, all right, thanks. That's it. <laughs> I don't even remember. <laughs> I mostly just remember her in the field and then that's the last time I remember her. Yeah. Um, even like <laughs> this this movie, like Zach's, this movie still, even though like Snack, from what I... Snack. Snack. <laughs> uh, even though this movie from what, I, what I've read is like, I think maybe like, only an hour footage was used from Zack Snyder's Justice League. Mm-hmm. Um, you still get that brooding sense. Like, you had the brooding in Man of Steel. You got more brooding in Batman vs. Superman from Superman. This time you get brooding from, uh, what's his name? Ray Fisher Cyborg. Mm-hmm. And it was like, like I don't need I don't need a booyah Cyborg, like, right away. But it's just like, yo, dude, we've had enough fucking brooding, man. Like, stop brooding so far it's it was so boring i had a hard time with aquaman well you mean aqua bro jesus christ (laughs) i i know he has like a lazy eye i think honestly i think that's i think that was the context he was no he does have a lazy eye jason momoa Mm -hmm. okay but the context made it so much fucking worse i don't know why they fucking put context on that character i don't know it looks like okay i take that back i take that back i can see why because of like the ocean actually no take that back erase that i was, I was gonna give a, a defense for it mm. like oh he's in the ocean he's underwater like maybe his eyes need to adjust like because you know how certain uh, like if you don't like if something never sees the sunlight their eyes are like pale yeah, yeah but then i just remembered that uh what's her name uh amber heard amber heard's character yeah she, her eyes aren't different at all <laughs> and she stays underwater all the fucking time yeah uh and I then remember- he had you know the, the really girly fucking hair color, right? Like where it was like blonde on the end, but dark. Oh, I, <laughs> I, I think that's just Momoa's haircut. No, they did that for the movie. Yeah. Um, because they wanted it to be more apparent that he was like sun bleached. Yeah, yeah. But you could only really make that work with his color, his skin color, uh, if you made it an ombre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or an ombre. I swear it's ombre. <laughs> what did you think about the special? Because the special effects got shh. Sh- changed a lot like a lot what did you think about special effects like, are, are you talking about the mustache no 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 we'll talk we'll, about we'll that later <laughs> i'm talking about i'm talking about the big baddie steppenwolf uh it was cheesy yeah i swear it was like hercules or something <laughs> shit it was not good yeah, I don't honestly. I think I purged it from my memory. Really? Yeah. Um, I think you have made a comment saying that um, the character looks like a. It looks like we're watching a video game cutscene. Oh yeah, he did. Yeah, he looked like a video game. And every time, yeah, every time he showed up, I'm like, oh, we're in a video game again. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> like I felt, I felt like it was like an extended version of you watching YouTube videos of you know people playing video games oh yeah those those uh playing watch i might as well be watching that but those are better than this movie (laughs) seriously um yeah they and they this movie kind of did the thing that 
Um, Because you can tell, I mean, this movie is like, tonal wise, it's way different from BVS. And I don't know if that's for the best or for the worse. Because um, they like, I remember reading reports that like, well, it's funny. I'm sorry, I just remembered Ezra Miller's running. (laughs) Jesus, you cannot (laughs) run like a person. Um, Yeah, because I remember reading that when uh, Justice League was coming, or when they were working on justice league they brought in all these reporters uh to like look at it and like the kind of the studio and like the director was like yeah this is what we're doing now we're trying to change up the tone a bit because it's too dark and we've listened and this is and that and everything and uh a lot of journalists was just like the problem is not like the tone the problem is like you guys don't have a direction where you guys are taking it and they they took everything that was they they try to copy marvel and trying to like put a bit of like jabs or jokes or banters or whatever. Mm. And it was like, no, you've already built like none of that. <laughs> you know, you can totally picture uh, Tony Stark and Captain America going back and forth because their history of, of them going back and forth. Yeah. But when you get Batman, who was like your parent t- telling Superman, your parents taught you about hope. My parents taught me about dying of gutters, all you're ever worth. And then next, you know, Batman's like. He taught me so much. Yeah, you're just like, whoa, dude. Like, when? When he died? <laughs> yeah, you mean when you helped him get murdered? <laughs> <laughs> so we got to talk about, what do you think of the, what do you think of Mustache Gate? <laughs> I didn't notice it that much. Mm. Like, you're like, oh, look at, look. And I'm like, what? Every once in a while, mm. it, like, would jiggle. Yeah. You know, like, if it was a bad, like, Snapchat filter or something. Yeah. Other than that, I really like, I don't know, maybe it's because I have a hard time where I don't recognize people. You know how Mm. I said, like, because I grew up, like, my younger years, I needed glasses real bad and I didn't have them and I didn't know any better. Yeah. Like, I just don't recognize things sometimes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, well, like, to me, it was, like, really more apparent, like, especially at the beginning where the kids had, like, the cell phone and they were like, Superman, you know, what did you do? And you kind of just see that, like, fat up for lip, like, kind of like this. Yeah, I didn't really notice um, as much as you did. Oh, it was, to me, it was just like, fuck, I can't, because I couldn't get out of my head. <laughs> I, I was disappointed because I was like, okay, okay, I want to see the mustache thing now. <laughs> and then I'm like, what, what? I don't see it. You know what? You know what? You're, I, I have to apologize. This is what we're going to do. We'll sit down and rewatch it, and I'll get a laser pointer and be like, right here. <laughs> <laughs> and here. And here. No, we're gonna watch, you know, the standard cut. No, 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 no. Like, we should no. We should watch this version again, so I can point it out to you more thoroughly. You want to die? No, but I want to watch you die. Okay. <laughs> I'm down for that. Um, it has to be wine, though. Okay. So yeah, like, so 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 going back to what I said earlier about this movie being boring. Yeah, it's it's so weird because like this movie shouldn't be boring at all. This is like like. DC top tier characters and I don't give a fuck what was happening to them. And it's funny because you always hear about that the people making the case about how Marvel did more with B not B even, level. Not even B. C, Iron Man was a C level character. Guardians of the Gal- Galaxy D level. Mm. And they made them household names. Yeah. And here we get like we get Batman, Superman, Aquaman, Flash, and Wonder Woman and you're just like I don't Give I don't a shit. Care. And then Superman's mom. 
Oh yeah, uh, Diane Keaton. She lost the year. All of a sudden, she like lost the house. Lost the house, and then all of a sudden, oh, we're moving back in. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, and like Bruce Wayne makes that comment. Like he's like, I saw it up at the bank. What do you mean? I bought the bank. Ha 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 ha. Batman bought the bank. <laughs> um, even like Ezra, Ezra Miller's Barry. I don't know what the fuck. Um, Chris, uh, Chris Terrio, sorry, Terrio was thinking when he wrote that fucking script because that Flash character is such garbage. Like, yeah. I like holy shit. Like, I, I'm not a fan of the CW Flash show, but that that Barry Allen is a more authentic Barry Allen than than what the fuck we were watching. And just not League. just that. But he kind of suffered from the same kind of awkwardness in a way mm-hmm. that um, Lex Luthor did. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like he would like like he was a man child. Yeah, or like yeah, that you know they're probably like cousins or some shit like yeah. that because like their mannerisms were kind of like the same, like like uh, kind of like neurotic. But they were like opposite each other, mm-hmm. like. Like if they were yin and yang, like yeah. Lex Luthor was the darkness but neurotic, and then Ezra Miller's character, like his was like all light and jokes, yeah. but awkward as shit, yeah. constantly falling all over himself. Yeah, like, and then he can he can't run correctly. It's so weird how you're, who runs like that. <laughs> My, I'm wondering why they even brought him into this. He was like, they're like, oh, he's a metahuman. Oh, and he has abilities. Okay, how did you know that? Because he clearly hasn't used his abilities for, like, anything. Yeah, I mean... And, yeah. you know, and you get a sense he doesn't have any training. He's never seen anything. Like, yeah. you would think that with everything that's going on, he would have at least dipped his toes into something. Yeah, and... I. Okay, so, like, this movie, it does this thing where, like, it introduces the Flash, but, like, we don't know anything of the Flash, so we kind of don't really care. Like, we're not rooting, we're not, we don't, like, we don't care enough about him because we haven't been properly introduced. Now, now, Marvel did that with uh, Captain America and, um, Civil, Captain America Civil War, where they introduced uh, Black Panther. They introduced T'Challa, right? But they gave you more of T'Challa's backstory within that movie, mm. like in a matter of minutes that worked out, that gave you like an emotional connection to him. But also, if you weren't, the, the thing that kind of fucks it up is that DC throws these characters and mm. make you notice them. They yeah. like throw them in your face. Yeah. And they make you notice them, whether it's warranted or not. Yeah. I don't remember T'Challa in Civil War. Because they didn't throw him at me and say, you have to care about this character because he has a role in this film that you should just care about because I say so. Yeah. Like, it wasn't about him. Mm-hmm. And when they gave him his own film, mm. everything, it made sense. Yeah. I mean, but like, and that's the thing, like the, the T'Challa character had like some, he had some stake in the story because he was trying to get Bucky because of supposedly he... Bucky had killed his father. Yeah. So you're like, okay, cool. We have a reason why this dude's in here, right? Now, they could have built a reason why the Flash is in there. Fuck, they could have built a better reason why Aquaman was in there. Mm-hmm. You know? Rafe, um, Cyborg, it's understandable because of the mother box. And you're like, all right, we can see why he would be in there. And Wonder Woman, we already got to introduce an introduction from her in BVS. But... A kind of introduction from her, not really one. Yeah. But, like, 
it was like not a proper introduction into these characters. Now I'm not saying like they should have, well, they should have had their own movie like before. Because mm-hmm. then when we see them all together, you're like, oh shit, this is why we, this we want to see this, you know? But they had so many of them that they could have done it backwards and it mm-hmm. would have been okay. Yeah. Because they did with Black Widow. Uh-huh. She wasn't introduced before. Well, she was introduced in Iron Man too. That's what I'm saying. She didn't mm. have her own film before she was put into yeah. another film, mm. and uh, neither was T'Challa. That's true, but see, like... But they it, did it, it was better. The, yeah, it, it was like the build-up. The build-up was more uh, evenly paced. Instead of like, hey, here's a new character, boom, it's in the forefront. There's like, with like T'Challa or Black Widow, it's like, oh, here's this character. They're kind of in the background, but you still notice them. They still mm-hmm. have a stake. Where here we got Flash, boom, there's Flash. You should really like him because he's like... He's one. Of, he's like the top top tiers, you know. Mm. It, yeah. They think it's all about the story, not about the characters. It's not even story. What story? <laughs> I feel like this is like so even Wanda Maximoff. Like mm-hmm. she didn't have her own fucking thing until WandaVision came out. That's true, but see, hi, see, but we introduce the characters. You introduce them in a traumatic way that seems to work because you find out. The connection. It gets you that emotional connection. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. DC is just fucking stupid. Not DC. DC? No. <laughs> Warner Brothers? Yes. Yes, Warner Brothers. Exactly. Are you starting to come to the dark side about them? <sighs> Look, I like Shazam. I'll give it two more years and you'll be like, yeah, fuck DC. I mean, fuck uh, WB. I still like WB. <sighs> Forever the Optimist. Tenet wasn't that bad a movie. <laughs> I feel like I really feel like I need to rewatch that movie though. Do me a favor. When you do, what? Don't tell me about it. No, we're gonna watch it together. No. <laughs> it, it's coming on HBO Max soon. It's coming on HBO Max. Oh, funny story. Funny story about Tenet. Someone was able to put Tenet. On a Game Boy Advance. Oh, I, I think I saw. <laughs> this the perfect way that Chris Nolan wanted it to be seen. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Our geriatric cinematic is The Deer Hunter. What are you thinking of going deer hunting tonight? Hey, 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 or not tonight. I'm getting married tonight. You guys are going deer hunting? Hey, hey, hey. Robert De Niro is the deer hunter. It's about being a hunter. It's about being a friend. He said no. It's about being a leader. From now on, you're on your own. It's about being a soldier. Well, what's it like over there? It's about being a hero. One shot. One shot is what it's all about. It has to be taken with one shot. I try to tell people that. They don't listen to me. It's about being a man. Robert De Niro, The Deer Hunter. This film came out in 1978. And the synopsis is an in-depth examination of the ways in which the U.S.-Vietnam War impacts and disrupts the lives of people in a small industrial town of PA in Pennsylvania. Directed by Michael uh, Cimino. That was Kimono. Kimino? 
Keep Me Now. Written by Derek Washburn. It stars Robert De Niro, John Cazal, John Savage, Christopher Walken, and Meryl Streep. Um, so this is one of those movies that I, I did not see. I heard about it for years, years and years and years. It's been on my radar. I just never took time to sit down and watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, but more importantly, since it's a geriatric cinematic, and I made that weird noise. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, Kelsey, what did you, you think about this movie? I like this movie. Did you? Okay. It was okay. depressing as fucking hell, but it was such a good movie. Yeah. Um, I thought all the characters were believable. Mm-hmm. I like how the idea of things happening by chance. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, like Hollywood likes to pl- likes to play up the the lucky side of that. Yeah. But this one is like the unlucky side of oh, things yeah. happening by chance. Yeah, yeah. Um, how war will affect you, affect your relationships. Mm-hmm. Um. And uh, I kind of liked Meryl Streep's character, too, because she was um, obviously in love with the other guy. Robert Nero's character? No, not his. Um, Christopher Walken's character. Oh, Nick, yeah. And then she kind of was like, I'm lonely. Mm. So she just was like, cool, I'll just be with this guy then. Even She did kind of like him anyway, but she wasn't in love with him. Yeah, there, there was like... Um there was an attraction that you can tell, like especially in that uh, in the wedding scene mm-hmm. um, where they're at the bar. You can tell like there's something going on. There's something that might be there's something that's gonna happen like later on. That wedding scene, mm-hmm. I, I I put my finger on it now. Mm, okay. Because <clears throat> you're like, oh, that looks like a fun time. Mm-hmm. And I think when I think about my parents when they were younger, I think of like that wedding scene Mm. like that's how they would have fun like hanging out and drinking and just being all fucking goofy and like i don't know that's what i would think about Mm. um as far as meryl streep um she was nominated for an oscar she didn't win uh christopher walken did win though oh that's good for an oscar um i think he deserved to win holy shit yeah his like, it, here's the thing, like, Rob De Niro and, like, Christopher Walken, like, I miss this Robert De Niro. Like, Robert De Niro, he's, like, been in, like, a bunch of bad movies and stuff like that. And you can tell, I, I heard a story about Robert De Niro that, like, if you give him the right dollar amount, he'll be in your movie. Yeah. He's not, like, as selective as he used to be. And this is, like, the Robert De Niro that I missed that would, like, you can tell he challenged the fuck out of himself for, like, this, for this role. Mm-hmm. Um and Christopher Walken, like... And they both share the same level of intensity. Yeah, exactly. So it's, like, so great to see them going, like, back and forth against each other and stuff like that when it comes to, like, one is, like, more serious, one's loose. And then, like, how that dynamic, like, changes mm-hmm. after the war where, like, Robert De Niro, like, his character is still dealing with dealing with the war, but he's a bit more uh, loosened. He's a bit more caring. Um, while the Christopher Walken character... It's like his character completely switches. Yeah, he was fun-loving before, mm-hmm. and like, you know, he had a lighter personality, and now he's just dead on the inside. He might as well have died in the war. Yeah, yeah, seriously, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, 
what it, so one thing I, I I didn't think about it while we were watching until like I was like kind of like coming back to this movie like getting stuff together as a notes this movie is shot really well like like beautiful wise like um, like the cinematography mm-hmm. that's what I meant to get the cinematography is fucking great yeah like the parts where they show like the town and stuff like that and then like when they're going hunting mm. it's like some amazing fucking shots yeah um, that almost makes me want to go camping does it almost said almost i told you camping is so much fun and you don't believe me yeah because like what's the point of camping it's like <laughs> it's like that thing where you you don't like sleeping in the same spot right sometimes yeah, that's where you get a hotel <laughs> i don't know it feels less constricting like you're in your mm. tent you can hear the outside you could like be sleeping under the stars, but I don't like doing that because I don't know. I'll sleep in a tent, but like yeah. it's that whole thing. You wake up and like I don't know. Usually you go camping near a lake, you, so you go swimming and you like make sandwiches. Like I don't know, you go hiking. You're not actually like surviving out in the wilderness, but like uh, it's like you're away from everything. I wouldn't mind doing it if it was like a cabin or something. Like, if we we're in a cabin, the I mean that's still pretty good like yeah. you don't have to sleep in a tent like people will go yeah camping air quotes yeah with like their airstream or like a camper oh, okay yeah, yeah 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 i need walls i need walls to I guard don't. me from the bears there <laughs> all right <laughs> um you've just seen you're just a hollywood person so everything is hollywood to you yeah like the russell brothers yeah yeah i know camping <laughs> um so what okay so what did you think about wait i want to talk about because you said um oh yeah the cinematography cinematography? yeah yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. okay i have this idea Mm -hmm. that the colors are muted Mm. everywhere except when they are out up in the mountains ah yeah oh like yeah everything is that. very green and very blue and very orange on his jacket and like ah uh, yeah yeah absolutely you know but lovely. like yeah, even yeah. when they're in town yeah things are still muted yeah it's a it's a it's a lot of beige a lot of gray a mm-hmm. lot of like poor lighting and stuff like that yeah because uh, like it's weird because it's like they want you to see that because they want you to see like it's they're like over celebrating even Mm. though it's a wedding it's like they're over celebrating because they need an excuse to be happy because that place is so fucking poor and dirty yeah and then you know they go they go hunting Mm. and it's like like a heaven yeah and then overseas it's all fucking mud and dirt everything's all brown and like muted again yeah um, and you never really see the color except when they're hunting. Yeah, that's true. Like you got a sense of like because you know how some people see nature as like oh this is what this is what heaven must feel like and stuff like that. Mm. Um, it's like uh like they their go to their like serenity or something like that. And then when they come into the real world, it's like the the harshness. Even though like even though like um it like. The characters living in the town is not exactly like super harsh or like anything, but like someone from an outside perspective would look at that as kind of depressing because it's kind of like a coal mining town. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not, I know they'll have coal mining, but it's like you can tell that if the factory closed down, like the town will go away. I mean, what did you think about Southbridge? Because that used to be a booming industrial town. 
Southbridge. Yeah. Where you're a pop loop? Yeah. Like all that brick and like all that. You could kind of. See, with that, like, I felt a lot of character with that with that area and i know you said like the factory cools down and stuff like that but mm-hmm. it still seemed like somewhat kind of lively mm-hmm. um like you know i can see myself going back and visiting that place and staying out there for like uh, more than just like a couple days yeah um we're in this in this town and the deer hunter it just seemed like the only thing that's keeping these people alive are the other people around them that's true yeah i i, I can see that mm. um that part with the wedding, I, uh, I, that scene was like an hour long. I think it was about like 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I read somewhere that it was supposed to be maybe like 20 minutes at most. Mm-hmm. But the director wanted to like expand on it and keep it going. And I actually really liked that whole wedding scene because it was like very lively. It was very like upbeat. You know, these people got married. They're dancing. It's like good. Time. Like that looked like a wedding that I want. I would want to go to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really, really enjoyed how like they smash cut to Vietnam. Yeah. And it's just like, like it puts you right in the mindset of these characters. Like, especially people who, who I'm not saying it's from experience, but I'm assuming people who go over there from war or go overseas to like find a war. It's kind of like jarring because one minute you, I'm sure like. The psyche is like one minute they're like, "Oh, I was just hanging out with my friends, and now I'm over here fighting for my life." Well, even training is like, like jarring like that. Yeah, because one minute you're with your family, and the next minute, like you have one night, you're in a hotel before they pick you up mm. on on the bus, and then after that, you're like, you're gone. Yeah, yeah. And you don't have your freedom. It's you know they tell you when to eat, what to eat, when to wake up, all that shit. Yeah, and when they jumped into like those Vietnam scenes, it's just like, whoa, like holy shit, this is like I just saw people getting married. And now fucking they're playing Russian roulette and shit like that. Like that like holy shit, that was intense. <laughs> um so uh John Cazell, this is like his last this was his his last movie. Um so the studio wanted to actually replace the actor because of how unsurable he was, because he had like I, I forgot what stage, like, cancer, but he was dying. Um, but De Niro, like, fronted up the money for his insurance. Uh, damn it, he never... He died before the film was even completed. Oh, right after the film was completed. Um, also, there's, like, scenes... A lot of people like to talk about that Russian roulette scene, about, like, oh, that scene was intense. And, Which one? There's, oh, like, the, two or three the, of them. The, oh, well, mainly, like, the Vietnam one. Okay. You know, but they... they I mean, they were in Vietnam every time it happened. You mean the one where oh, they yeah. were in that little hut? Yeah, the, when they were in the camp, in the, in the camps. Okay. Um, but people seem to forget, like, the intensity that happens, like, not in the movie. Uh, not in the movie. Outside of Vietnam. Like, there's that part where they're hunting again. Mm. And how... Um, what's the guy's name? Uh, John Cazell's character had that gun and how Robert De Niro was like, oh, you want to play with this? And he like points the gun at his head mm-hmm. and shit. I remember watching that thinking like, oh shit. <laughs> he just brought that back home with him, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, so check this out. This is what I read. Now, this, oh, okay, okay. We have to talk about this. Okay. So in the movie, uh, Steven's char- uh, John Savage's character, Steven, um, he like believes that he's not the father of like angela's baby right uh-huh um because he makes that line he's like i never even like had sex with her mm-hmm. okay so it was uh yeah he said never really did it with angela okay so for years people were speculating who the father could have been right mm-hmm. 
uh, on the special edition DVD release uh, for 2005, uh, it's only in the UK, so Region 2 encoded, Michael uh, Simone had said, had revealed that it was Nick's kid. Really? It was Christopher Walken's kid. That doesn't make any sense. Why not? They didn't seem like they were ever together. I know. That's what makes it even more shocking. I would have more believed Robert De Niro's kid. Nah, I w- I would believe it being Christopher Walken's kid. I don't know because like there's that scene where like Christopher Walken's w- with Meryl Streep at the wedding and he's like, "Let's get married," but he says it kind of like, "Yeah, let's get married." Like like he has something to do on a Saturday or some shit. Well, why? What does that have to do with that being his kid? It because sh- it, it shows like the non caring of the character. Like, I'm sorry, how much the character doesn't really care about being faithful to Meryl Streep's character, and then okay. the fact and that the fact that. Um, Stephen had married Angela because it, sorry, Stephen had married Angela because she was pregnant, and he wanted to like kind of keep her uh, dignity intact. Mm-hmm. Because from my understanding, she was kind of like the town bike. Yeah. Um. So it would it, it would you would kind of think like with this whole reveal that Nick could have might have been the father like that as a, as a possibility because Nick doesn't really come off as somebody who takes anything seriously yeah yeah and like how there's even that part in the movie where like robert de niro and christopher walken are talking and he's like christopher walken says like he loves his town he's like don't leave me out there like bring me back home mm-hmm. but then he decides to stay out there you know it, it seems like he, he seems kind of like flip it with his decisions well he stays out there but that has more to do with trauma than it does with being yeah. uh not taking things seriously I think he was mm. like, oh, like I'm, like, I think he got sucked into that, mm. and he was already traumatized from what happened. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. I, I don't know. I just I picture that more of the Christopher Walken character doing than Robert De Niro's character because he his character. Okay. Because he was running around kissing everybody. Christopher Walken, Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro. He was Who's like, he, he seemed like a creep at the wedding. I didn't get that feeling from I him. I got like a big fucking creep. Really? Yeah. Okay, so I want to give him a little bit of like, I want to give him a little bit of like, not charisma, but like chivalry, I guess, because like he seemed like he really liked Meryl Streep. However, anybody else listening, they would probably say, or another part of my mind is thinking like, well, he was kind of trying to go for another guy's girl. So that kind of makes him like. He was. That's what I'm saying. He was a creep. He mm. also seemed like he had no fucking chill. Yeah, that's true. Well, at the beginning, and, yeah. At the beginning, and then yeah. it's like the war made him better, in a way. Yeah. Because he came back, and he kind of started also caring about things the right mm. way. Yeah. And he did really care for her, and he wasn't like... He knew that was still Nick's girl, but... Yeah, I know, and I think... And that's the thing. If he would have been like... If he would have really been a creep, he would have like just went with Nick's girl and just stayed. But the fact that he actually went back to try to get Nick... Even though, like, let's say if he brought Nick back alive, he would have had to deal with what's going to happen or what would have happened between him and him, uh, Meryl Streep's character and Christopher Walken's character. But he was willing to deal with that anyway. It kind of felt like uh, Nick and Linda were so new mm-hmm. that it wasn't... That it, it wasn't going to work? Not that it wasn't going to work, but mm-hmm. it wasn't so set in stone that... Mm-hmm. Uh, Robert De Niro's character was in the total wrong. Yeah. 
Because, like, mm. they were still kind of feeling each other out, yeah, Linda yeah, and yeah. Nick. Remember? Because she was like, can I stay at your trailer? If they were really a thing, mm. like, I feel like that wasn't going to be as much of an issue as they kind of mm. made it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still felt like they were just in a circle of friends and mm. they were getting close and Robert De Niro saw his his window closing. Oh, okay. I get you're saying. So he's like, okay, let me, like, I like her. I don't want to fuck her out anymore. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I got you. Okay. So, um, of course, this, this movie is, like, well known for the Russian roulette scene, the one with, at the Vietnam, the Viet Cong camp. Wow. Um, <laughs> so what happened was that um, it's been reported that the deaths of approximately 28 people died of playing Russian roulette, and supposedly this film influenced that. Mm-hmm. People playing Russian roulette. So I actually have a story about this. Um, I knew a kid in high school uh let's say he was i mean like i said i hung out with like some bad kids and like wrong crowd and stuff like that he was one of them um and uh the cast name was i think his name was brandon i think it was so many years ago um and he died Mm -hmm. by playing russian roulette by himself by himself by himself yeah i honestly think that like i don't i don't know the circumstances or whatever but like yeah, like from what I heard, like his, because um, he had two, he had two brothers, and from what I heard, that those brothers they know that he would do that, like because he had a gun, he would fuck around with it a lot, like mm. doing stupid shit like that, and he fucking, I guess the, I guess that bullet was too close to the chamber, mm. and it blew his brains out. Um. So with that, we gotta talk about it, if it's iconic or ironic. <laughs> Um, the Russian roulette scene. Kelsey, is it iconic or ironic? Iconic. You think it's iconic? Mm-hmm. I know we like to fucking say meow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because the guys always say meow. Yeah. But, like, that was really intense. That was very intense. I would have to say, th- say the same thing. Even though, like, this movie's been, that scene's been parried a few times in, like, in a comical sense. Mm. Um, do you remember the scene from Meet the Feebles? Which one? Where there's two turtles and they're playing Russian roulette. Mm-mm. Well, I don't remember. Okay, well that scene. We should totally watch that movie again. No. <laughs> um, yeah, I, 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 I do think that the that scene is still iconic because it's so fucking intense, and like, like even though like this movie was what 78 it's still very it's very old you know people know what's gonna happen who've seen it who have not seen it they're like oh this was i think this is what happens that movie that scene is still fucking intense because mm-hmm. like you're still like okay it's, it's like does he make the move now is it gonna be now or gonna be later like not this just is that the- but like you're if you are a good movie goer you put yourself in the shoes of the character and even though you know what's going to happen, you mm-hmm. know that that character doesn't know what's going to happen to him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, every time I had actually, like whenever I had seen that scene, it was always that part where De Niro has the gun. And he's like, ha, 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 ha. But like, I um, did not know that Christopher Walken was on the other side of the table. Mm. Um, like I said, I, I, I have only seen the part where he holds the gun to his head and then like guys like, you know, meow, meow. All that kind of shit. I thought they were seriously going to leave their friend in that water. Oh, Steven? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, because he was just like, Robert Nair was like, yeah, Steven's done. Like, he's done for. Yeah, like, he he's just going to slow us down. We're going to die. Speaking of that scene, did you know they actually, they 
were actually slapping the shit out of the actors? No. Yeah, like they like them hitting them, that's real. Mm. So like their actions, like how like intense that scene is, that shit is all real. Hmm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um even though it's kind of been like it's kind of been like debated if like something like that really did happen during the Vietnam War, but the director like swears up and down. He's like, I've talked to like multiple, uh, I talked to like multiple people and heard stories, and like, yeah, that's a real thing. I'm sure it did happen. Yeah, I don't doubt it. I mean, you're you know you're in the jungle, you're killing all these Americans. You need some uh, something good to pass the time. Exactly. <laughs> they weren't really letting women into the military yet, so they can't just be whoring around. <laughs> Well, the Vietcong, they have they have female soldiers. Americans. Ah. Um, yes. And they're not going to fuck their own like military if yes. they're trying to fight for them. Yes, that's true. <laughs> um. So, Kelsey, in your opinion, does the film still hold up? Yes. Uh, I I totally agree. I think this film still does hold up. Like I said, <laughs> I know I can't do it, and I'm not going to. But I really want to share it with like. My kids. The movie? Yeah. Oh, God. Jeez. Wait. Wait. <laughs> I'm, I said I'm not going to do it. Just like it's one of those films that like it speaks to me. Uh-huh. So every time a movie speaks to me or I like it, I'm like, I want to watch it with them. But uh, like, okay. I, I know better. I'm not a fucking idiot. Come on. No. Yeah, I know. You're not one of those parents who's like, yeah, just let them play GTA. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I would totally like show my daughter this movie too. Obviously, when she gets older, yeah, because um, she seems to like. Not she seems like I've been showing her like films like here and there that I think she should watch or stuff that she could kind of get understand like why Daddy likes film. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wouldn't mind showing her this when she's a bit of the age. Yeah. <laughs> so, so she understand like the context of it and like not be totally traumatized by it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I so I I think it still holds up. Um. Like we had said earlier in our review of Cherry, you know, where Cherry's like two and a half hours, it deals with PTSD, and it was kind of like a pain to get through. This mm-hmm. is like three hours, and Kelsey and I were just fully fucking engaged in this movie. We were just yeah. like, and fuck. I kind of want to watch it again. And really? I never, I don't rewatch things. Ah, uh, I got you. Because I know what's going to happen, so I'm bored by it. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is a good movie to like really dissect because uh, the director, he like won an Oscar for this film, and it was one for Best Picture. And I, um, I was watching this video on composition today and like i mean i know all about composition but like watching that video kind of made me go like shit i want to rewatch deer hunter to get the composition of like what was working what didn't work and Mm -hmm. what each scene was telegraphing yeah um all right so is that it that's it that's it all right uh so we would like to thank y'all for joining us uh this week um we would definitely like to thank uh, Your Entertainment Corner for hosting our podcast on their website. Uh, if you guys want uh, all your film news and TV news and reviews, go to yourentertainmentcorner.com. Uh, that's where uh, co-host over there, Kelsey Loisel, writes for. You know, so proud of her. Yes, they, they I cr- wrote one review. Hey, you're going to, from my understanding, you're going to be like doing some, some WonderCon work next week. Yeah. So that'll be awesome. Yes. Um, so you can find uh, this episode and all our past uh, podcast episodes on all podcast catchers uh, Spotify, Pandora uh, Amazon 
Verbal. Verbal. <laughs> I was waiting for it. <laughs> uh, Apple and all that other shit. Um, next week. Ooh, next week's gonna gonna be a doozy. So next week, our recent review will be Zack Snyder's Justice League. Everybody's waiting for this. They there are two sides. They people wanted to flop. People wanted to succeed. I just want to see if it was worth it. All of it. Where did all that? How much did he spend? Seventy million dollars. Yeah. Where did all that seventy million dollars go? <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, so yeah, get ready because we're gonna go on that four-hour trip with you guys. Um, that will be streaming on HBO Max on March eighteenth. Um, and they're doing it all at once because I know that they yeah. were talking about like one at, hour here. Yeah, it originally was supposed to be like five episodes hour long, but they're just doing it like fuck. We're doing four four whole hours of this movie. I'm really worried. I'm well, I'm worried. Okay, I am worried of my time spent because the last time I I tried to watch a movie this long, it was uh, The Irishman by Martin Scorsese, mm-hmm. and I couldn't sit through the whole thing. I had to like stop here and stop there. It was a good film, but fuck. I didn't watch that one. <laughs> um, so our geriatric cinematic, I think it's going to be very interesting. We're going to do 1980s Superman 2. But we're going to do the Richard Donner cut of Superman 2. And there's actually like a whole reason why we're, why we're doing that. Um, so that's going to be a geriatric cinematic. Uh, that is available to rent on Amazon. Um or if you can find a copy anywhere, you know, pick it up, watch and everything. I've seen the Superman 2 version that was directed by, um, I think his name is like Richard Lanster or something like that. It was the director's name uh, that picked up the movie after they fired Richard Donner. Um, and, I've, and I've seen the Donner cut. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me see. Yeah, Richard Lester. That's the that's the guy who directed Superman two when they fired Donner. Uh, so I've seen that and and the Donner cut. So I'm I'm actually really interested to watch these two movies again and kind of like, like side by side, side by side. Because you know it was like I saw this movie when I was a kid and I saw the Donner cut as an adult and I was like, I I, I was like I don't remember what's cut, what's added, and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Um, so yeah, you're gonna want to tune in for that episode because it's like I said, it's gonna be a should be a good one. Uh, our topic. Is a mulligan the only thing these movies need? Question mark. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's gonna be it for our show. Like I said, we want to thank you all for joining us. Uh, wear your mask. Uh, wash your hands. Come on. Take the fucking vaccine if you get it. Take it. Just do it. Just do it. I just had um, the Daleks' voice in my head. What? Just take it. No, saying. Vaccinate. <laughs> vaccinate. Yeah, even the dogs are like, vaccinate. <laughs> um, okay, so before, uh, so we want to bid everybody uh, adieu. Uh, but before that, um, let's tell you guys a nice little story. So uh, if you guys have been listening to this podcast for a while, you realize that we have cats. Uh, Pocket and Patches. Pocket uh, lived with me for a while. Now she lives with Kelsey, but I see Pocket quite often. Yeah, I have custody of her. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there was this one time, there was this one time when Pocket uh, when Pocket was living with me, 
Um, and I do that thing that cat owners do when your cat's like, meow, meow, and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And you're like, oh, you know, you're kind of talking, whatever. But um, this time, Pocket came up to me. She was like, meow. And I, was, and I baby talked to her. I was like, oh, what are, you, what are you meowing about? What's going on? She looked at me again. She was like, meow, like she was trying to get my attention. And I was like, but I was being so stupid and blinded about like whatever was going on. Um, so next you know, she like jumps on the countertop which I'm standing next to. And she looks at me. And I swear she must have watched the deer hunter. Because she took her paws, grabbed my face, and went, meow, meow, diddy, meow. 